the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. And of children, also heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Welcome to In the Bullpen, Up and Ready, a ministry of developing contenders. The call has come. You need to get up and ready now. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. The disciple whom Jesus loved was very clear as to his purpose, both in writing the gospel and his first epistle. In John 20, verse 31, he tells us, that he wrote these things so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The gospel was evangelistic in its nature. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, he makes clear that he is writing to Christians, and he declares, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So given that purpose, as we read any portion of 1 John, we do so remembering why he wrote. Hear now from 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, through chapter 3, verse 3. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he is manifested, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who does righteousness has been born of him. See how great a love the Father has given to us, that we would be called children of God. And we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not been manifested as yet what we will be. We know that when he is manifested, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself, just as he is pure. In this section of the epistle, John is comparing and contrasting lawlessness and righteousness, apostates and true children of Yahweh. He wants the true children of the Lord to know, beyond any doubt, what it is they have in Christ Jesus. The children of Yahweh have eternal life in and through our Lord and Savior. And in this text, we see things that accompany that. We have a bold hope and a confidence in the second advent of Christ. When he comes again to judge the living and the dead, God's children will not shrink away. They will rejoice with exceedingly great joy. We know that King Jesus is perfectly righteous, and all born of him pursue righteousness. Chapter 3 opens, See how great a love, or behold, or in the King James, What manner of love is this? John is expressing an overflowing and rapturous wonder about the glorious truth that we are the adopted children of God. 
This isn't understood by the world. They don't understand that about us because they don't know our Heavenly Father. But even we cannot yet at this time fully comprehend this glorious truth. But what we do know now is that when King Jesus returns, we will see him in all the fullness of his glory, and we will be like him. We will not be divine, but we will be perfectly righteous. We are now being conformed to Christ's likeness. We will then be perfectly so. All of which leads us to being holy as Yahweh is holy. The thrust of verse 3 in chapter 3. As John continues in this chapter, he teaches that all who abide in Christ bear the fruit of righteousness. This is evidenced in our love for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our love for and obedience to his commandments. It's evidenced in our love for one another. A love, John says, which ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We do so knowing that our Lord and Savior lay down his life for us. Get your eyes up, fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and be ready to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. <laughs>